0: Hey, this is Ohm Wrecker from Pittsburgh Undead and B-Side Roller Derby, and you're listening to Out From Under the Bed, a Meowder Limits production.
1: Welcome everybody, you are listening to Out From Under the Bed. I am your host, the Boogeyman, always joined by my lovely wife, co-host, co-producer, co-social media manager, business, co-business owner, master, my master sedator. How are you today?
2: Hi. Oh, I'm good. How are you? Whew,
1: gassed up, Daddy. Yeah? Well, let me tell you a little something about this uh, shit we got going on here at the uh, Meowder Limits today. We have moved places. We are now in the, um, what did you call the, it earlier? The
2: Master Boogie Printworks stu- Sweet. Uh, suite. Sweet.
1: Yes. <laughs> We're here in the suite of the Master Boogie Printworks. We've moved into here today to um, have a little bit better of a recording experience for ourselves and for hopefully for you, gentle listener. So last night um, we got down in the game, but before I get to that, I would like to tell you about our show sponsor, Siphon Draw Apothecary. Master and I and our friend Mad for Gravy.
2: Yeah, Gravy
1: went out there yesterday gravy uh stayed out here at the meouter limits meouter limits on a uh, friday evening she was in town bench coaching for the midway madams they had their game last night as well on saturday because um, this is a sunday recording december 17th um but anyhow we went out to siphon draw apothecary because it was their first time it was gravy's first time out there at their physical location Buying up some items for the uh, Team USA fundraiser, so shout out to them for getting down, supporting their uh, yeah. their squad. And uh, Master and I picked up Master and I picked up some items. Of uh, shit, what was some? some new stuff that i got oh.
2: well i want to real quick yeah. because i'm still so hyped on oh, it i tried um soap
1: and your hair soap. so
2: there's a new shampoo and body soap bar that's creosote and if you've never smelled creosote it smells like desert rain and i used it this morning and it was amazing so i just really wanted to talk about that because it smells so good and now it's in my hair and oh i love the lather it gives And it made my skin feel so
1: soft. The lather and the skin softening properties.
2: High quality.
1: High quality, brother. Because, man, a lot of stuff you find um, anywhere else is just poison you're putting on your skin. At Siphon Draw, you're not putting poison on your body. So we uh, highly recommend these products. Uh, We do use them. We were out there shopping for ourselves as well picking up some more soap i had to get another bar of that chai tea
2: yes the chai tea
1: soap i love that Mm -hmm. i absolutely love the way that smells and the peppermint soaps and stuff i got some of that lizard lips speaking of peppermint stuff i got some of that lizard lips lip balm and the uh the three wise men what is it called
2: the the lotion the three wise men lotion um yeah Oh, it smells so good! Now's your time no, to get yeah, the yeah. Lost Wiseman. Bloss Lost Wiseman,
1: there you go. Yeah,
2: now's the time to get those smells. Yeah, I got that it comes lip around balm. especially during this time. It's got frankincense, myrrh in it. It's it's oh. So
1: yeah, so I picked up some of the lip balm they offer in that um, particular scent and or flavor. It's uh, it's rad. So everybody, check out Siphon Draw Apothecary shop with them through the link. On the link tree that we have on our social media pages, you can find us on Instagram at out from under the bed and on Facebook out from under the bed with the boogeyman. Hit that link tree. You can find where the show is um, streamed on platforms and shit like that. Listen to the show. Um,
2: All the platforms. All and the if platforms. they're not on the platform that you listen to, let us know. We'll let us figure know. It out, like, we'll try to get on, it like, out there. So many platforms, I don't even know names of things. We're
1: trying to get everybody out from under the bed here, Denny. So, um, yeah. Just so,
2: dragging them out.
1: Yes, is dragging them all out. Instead
2: of pulling them in like a boogeyman, you're dragging them out. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and you can find the uh, the link for Siphon Draw and that affiliate link. Doing your shopping through there. Helps out Siphon Draw, and it helps out the show as well, as we are the first official affiliate with Siphon Draw Apothecary. So, shout out to them. Shout out to Dolly De Los Muertos um, for uh, everything that you do and keeping us all loose here on the show and on the track. So, last night... We uh, participated in a game with the Arizona Roller Girls. They had an open gender matchup for their season closer. It was uh, the Elves and the Grinches. This is why you're not going to hear any broadcast of this um, or recording, I should say, from Out from Under the Bed and yours truly because I was playing in this game. It being an open gender matchup. So, shout out to the Arizona Roller Girls. Yeah. Man, this applause button today is getting some fucking yeah. work, Daddy. So, Master and I on opposite teams, um, as usual.
2: They love putting us on opposite teams.
1: So, we get to mix it up. Yeah. This is a good time. We love uh, smashing and bashing around with each other. And uh, so, yeah, the Grinch's team went, came away with the victory. I think it was a matter of like 10 points. Always close yeah. games over there really exciting games with uh, the Arizona roller girls so thank you for having us from Phoenix roller yeah, be out there and others absolutely. to uh, and, participate uh, in yeah you a, into your games. you did a
2: fantastic job out there last night Mimio. thank you uh, yes. you
1: as well I always um I always set out to put out a blocking performance especially when it's a public game like that um being a theater kid i loved performing in front of people so having that opportunity to play sports in front of people because they always pull pretty fucking large crowds out there they always have and um yeah so it's uh it's super fun get to be the super villain with my mirrored shield yeah during those games yeah, that's a lot of fun. wink
0: so yeah
1: <laughs> I get to wear that um versus my pink one that I knew that I usually wear. Um so yeah. Shout out to playing roller derby at the Broadway Rec Center. The Hangar eighteen is what myself yeah. I like to call it.
2: Yeah, it was BRC. a really fun game. Everybody had a Tremendous great time.
1: facilities. Um I glanced up towards the booth a couple of times and um was uh reminiscing of games called this past season with them so check those games out on the show so if you're new to the show if you've just tuned in um i do whenever i'm not playing in games uh either with my home league phoenix roller derby um i announce for my home league and i'll record those games as well so go ahead and check out some of these back episodes um uh, a little mark out about myself right there in the uh, recorded gameplay. Yeah. But yeah, we've got we've had so many fucking cool ass people on the show for the past year. Um so check out some of those interviews. Today we have Monster Jam from the Gatekeepers coming on and we are going to talk about what is this Red Town? What does this say on here, Master? What is it? It's like re- Dogtown Red Rockets or some shit like that. We're definitely gonna talk about that because yeah. that is a very rad name. And the logo. Awesome as fuck. If you've never seen it, maybe check that out wherever you can. Um so yeah, he's calling in about nine minutes. It's about twelve. Twelve our time in Arizona is when we're going to um come on with uh with Monster Jam. So, yeah, you're going to hear us bullshitting about roller rage here now because other than local shit happening for myself, that's the next local event I have coming up where I'm participating in in it with my friends at Cal Squad Roller Derby. Um, So, Master, we've got the ramp set up pretty decent. Yep. Out there in the yard, so... Our in studio, our in studio guests. Um, yeah, if you skate ramps or if you want to check out a mellow ramp, bring your skates over when we have you in studio with us, and uh, shred the ramp for a little while if uh, you feel so inclined, or if you're a ramp shredder already, come on over, skate the ramp um, on the uh, on those interview days. And, um, yeah, anybody kind of locally, too, if you want to get in contact with me, if you follow me already, friends with me on Facebook through my real name, uh, hit me up. Um, I kind of work a job where I'm off in the early afternoon if you want to come over and prevent me from taking a nap for too long. Um, On the days that I don't have practice, we can manage that through uh, you getting in contact with me. And uh, you're welcome to come over and skate the ramp. Just no bicycles, and just no bikes or scooters are allowed on my ramp. So I will always say no to a bike and a scooter. But if you got a skateboard, roller skates, you want to come shred for a couple hours with me, get in contact with me.
2: Full gear required.
1: Full. Oh yeah, thank you. I was just getting there. Thank you, master. Full gear is required, and if we're having a ramp party over here, there is no alcohol consumption while you are in roller skates. So, um, yeah, if you want to bring your own beer or whatever, just don't be uh, boozing and uh, cruising our ramp. That's uh, that's all we ask. <clears throat> so, uh, what else we got going on here? Jersey. Oh right. Okay. Whoo. <laughs> so our friend Stretch Armstrong has put a design together for an out from under the bed jersey. If you've ever seen the jerseys that this uh that this cat makes, they're fucking fantastic. I have one for my Cal Squad jersey and it's it's the best sports jersey I've I've had since I've played sports as a kid. It's not some cheese dick shit. The logo's in there real nice. So, with that being said.
2: What was the what was the um letters for his company? Um, I
1: would that? have to look them up on my phone because there's been some changes uh he let me know yeah, about. I just want to make recently. sure we like plug
2: the right name here. For uh so sure.
1: it is uh let's see CVM Sports.
2: C? As in cat.
1: Yeah, C-V-M. V- as in Victor. Sports.
2: M as in master.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so we're getting some jerseys printed through stretch. And if we're only doing um, open purchases to the general public and or fans of the show for one month only, that will be for the month of March. So once we get closer to March, we will get the um we'll have the order forms and stuff available for everybody to get your jerseys jersey orders in if you would like one. So um if you'd like your own sweet ass Halloween design out from under the bed, reversible or whatever cut or design or uh what have you reversible or otherwise you want to go with through them. They will be available. And like I said, these ain't some bullshit jerseys neither. Um, So yeah, the month of March only, you will be able to get those. And uh, yeah, so everybody score one of those. Because who knows? There might be a team out from under the bed coming soon <laughs> for something. Maybe some tournament somewhere. Put some team together. That would be pretty fun. Put it out there whoever might be interested in the future um to get on there so yeah like i said we got monster jam coming on in the uh, next couple of minutes here where's sadie at she was staring at us on the couch oh now she's laying here on the vent I wish he was back on the couch. Sorry, everybody. I'm like far away from my mic, getting tangled up here. So there's there's uh, some calamities here with this uh, new setup, with these rolling chairs. We don't, since, since this is a new situation, there's uh, cords on the ground, and you might hear the chair rolling around every now and again. But hey, we're not professionals here on this podcast. We try, wow. though really hard
2: no we don't no i don't try very hard <laughs> i just do me
1: yeah you you do a lot of cool stuff though <laughs>
2: no. but yeah thanks to uh cherry jane for all her sweet artwork Fuck that she's yeah. done for us and everything and uh how she does design changes on the fly for us and is so cool about it and yeah check her out on instagram
1: yeah or, cherry jane or cherry jane at art by Cherry Jane on Instagram, like my lovely co-host said, but I always like to echo um things like that. and you know what? We do have a store as well on that on that link tree. I always get like confused about that, but we do have a store. you can pick up some stickers we did we did find some more of the pride stickers hidden here. So um we can fulfill some more sti- full sticker packs and a couple of uh, just individual pride stickers if you want to get your hands on those before we do reprint. Also on magnets. Some of these.
2: We haven't put them up yet, but we have magnets yeah. of any of the designs that you
1: any want. of the designs you want. Um I don't know how they would how you would get a hold of us through the link tree, but if you want a custom magnet of any one of those designs, just like hit us up on Instagram at out from Under the Bed. And uh, let us know, and then, um, you know...
2: Yeah, I just got to put them on the shop.
1: We'll get them on the shop or whatever, but yeah, however however that would work. I'm sure there's, like, an option button for shit like that. I don't know. This is still pretty new to us. I can,
2: like, do a custom, quote-unquote, order.
1: Oh, okay, sweet. Fuck yeah. So it's still pretty new to us, um, and thank you, everybody, who's been tuning in for the last year, too. Um, as we featured these stories of these gladiators of this glorious gladiator sport called roller derby, and um our death toilet reviews, we have a special Amityville death toilet coming up on you know Christmas Eve time somewhere around there, so stay tuned yeah. for that one. <clears throat> That's gonna be a fun one. We kind of were watching it the other mm-hmm. night and um it it was. It, every one of those movies deserves our full attention and yours as well. Um, so watch them on Tubi, and uh, pre-watch the Amityville Death Toilet on Tubi so uh, you can go into the uh, review knowing what you uh, knowing what you saw. We encourage we encourage that a lot because those movies fucking rule. They rule. There's sharks in that one too. There's sharks.
2: It's ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> I forgot about the shirts. <coughs> <laughs> well, hopefully.
1: What time is um, it?
2: Almost already? Also, Almost? two. Uh, um, yep,
1: it is right now.
2: Phoenix Roller Derby is having their first public game back. Yes, since get COVID. to that
1: league manager.
2: Yes. So I just wanted to shout that out because I'm pretty excited to... To do some public games with our league again.
1: Fuck yeah! I'm yeah. excited to perform in front of people who've spent their hard-earned money to watch us gladiators perform on a Saturday evening. I'm very excited about yeah, it.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like it's like a uh, a certain charge that happens within myself when I play those public games. I fucking absolutely love it. Kicks ass. It fucking rules, and some of you might know what I'm talking about. But if you're not a player of the roller derby, you um might get a little insight on what that what that is all about. Hearing, like I said, from these gladiators, you know. And I was
2: just gonna kind of mention that because you know one thing, gravy mentioned today. And she had mentioned that she had listened to Badass's episode, and Badass had said, "Do something, you know, every day that scares you." Um, and so, before Gravy was not interested in the bank track, but since listening to that episode, um, she has is now playing in Roller Rage. So we're really excited about that. So we're actually hoping that listening to all of these incredible athletes and how amazing they are now and to learn where they've come from, to think that, like, honestly, that could be you. Like, you could be making your own story. So um, everybody's capable of it. There are plenty, plenty of leagues around that are willing to teach you to skate like you're you're not going out playing roller derby right out the gate like realistically you that's not happening you're going to go to practice they're going to teach you how to skate and then once you are safe to skate um in a a tight you know, formation around other people, uh, then you you progress up. So don't think that you need to come in here and learn how to play roller derby. I think we've figured out that there are many people that have took a long time to figure out how to skate. And then on top of that, everybody who gets to this point of, Um, it's taken me, you know, one to two seasons to even understand strategy and those types of things. So don't come into roller derby thinking that you need to know how to skate and you need to be good at things. Like, we'll, we'll teach you. Everyone's willing to teach. Like, we all want to come together and grow each other. Um, so that way we can all be better.
1: Yeah, it's came along. It's definitely come a long way from the... The days of, like, you know, shit, you've heard some of these episodes of, like, oh, you can kind of skate. Here, get in this contact. Here, get in on this jam, like, fucking Lambo's episode. Like, that shit's wild, dude. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's come a long way from, oh, yeah, here, here's some skates. Here's some gear. Get in on this practice and just start contact right away. Um, yeah, so shout out to the progression of safely playing this sport that we all enjoy.
2: And you're all much better than you think you are, by the way. Every single one of you that is listening right now, just throwing that out there. Yeah,
1: for real. <laughs> yeah. Get some of that gas on there. Yeah. Man, sir. Fucking athletes. Yeah.
2: Everyone is, everyone is nervous about certain things, but at the end of the day, you're much better than you think you are. So just go out there and do you. And have fun. Have fun.
1: Yeah, so it was a
2: lot of fun last night.
1: Some things coming up for 2024. We do have some opening and closing theme songs coming up. I know it's been a little bit, and the openings of the show have been, uh, you know, the the guest cameos, which we are absolutely going to be keeping, but we will have some some walk up music from our from our friends at the Hideaway. And um Cherry Jane's band, what? Oh, shit, how do, I, how do you pronounce Los that? Las
2: Nalgonas? Las Nalgonas?
1: Something like that, I don't know. But we're going to put see. their information in on our Instagram post on this episode. So you can follow them as well. But yeah, follow the uh, Hideaway. Because yeah, they're going to be making some fucking dope-ass theme song for us. And you will get to meet our husband and wife arts department. In February, for our upcoming February episodes featuring the couples of this glorious gladiator sport, a panel, perhaps. We're still working that out. Yeah, wouldn't
2: that be cool? Yeah, Yeah. we're still
1: working out how to fucking connect this recorder to our computer.
2: Lost, Yeah, lost now going I had it right. Yeah. Okay. Second guessing myself over here. All right.
1: Monster Jam is going to be calling in here in a second.
2: Perfect.
1: But yeah, so Yeah,
2: you should check out like you should check out Lost Algonos and and all those on Instagram too cuz honestly, the Hideaway she does the artwork for that too and she's so cool. <laughs> she has a really cool artwork. I just can't get over it.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah. I, I love it. I feel
2: so blessed that like and I don't use like blessed usually in any kind of way, but bless and know that one. She's a great person.
1: Yeah, it's 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 pretty rad skate community like the best people just kind of find find each other it's i know we were even talking about wild, that this dude. this
2: weekend with gravy and like shoot like the cool people that you get to meet along the way yeah
1: yeah, it's super wild. This community is fucking awesome. Yeah,
2: and that's what I'm saying. Join this community. Not that we're a cult or anything, and I'm making it sound very culty, but, like, join this community, and you're going to have an instant family that's going to take care of you for the rest of your life. Like, um, But that's honestly how it is. Well, it'll change your fucking life, <laughs> it dude. Will.
1: It'll absolutely change your life, like, with either, you know, with sobriety and shit, like myself included, you know, other athletes, and we're finding more and more out there. But, yeah, it's like it's this positivity that kind of comes your way it like a weird time in your life like it's uh yeah i don't know it's it's just something that just
2: it's just such a support structure
1: it finds you
2: yeah i love like
1: i don't know it's wild dude it's wild how this yep. shit just finds people. And I love that hearing these, um, how these people found the sport, too. And you're going to hear about how Monster Jam found it today.
2: Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. and <clears> am <throat> kind of marking out about this one for a minute.
1: Yeah, because um, he's uh, on the Gatekeepers. And yeah. And the Gatekeepers are a pretty fucking rad group um, from what i've known about them and their history their existing history and stuff being a fan just just a fucking fan of the name alone dude is a super tight ha, um is uh one of the coolest unknown I is calling in oh, right now is
2: that australian unknown caller
1: no it's the irish guy
2: the irish
1: yo 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 yo. You are Yay. out front of the bed, Mr. Monster Jam. How are you?
0: Doing all right today. How are you all? Good.
1: Excellent. And are you on a speakerphone or a headset right now?
0: I got my AirPods in.
1: Um maybe use your phone if you are able. You're not driving or anything, are you?
0: No, no, I'm at home. Okay. Okay, Give yeah. Just,
1: okay, sweet. Thank you. A little better? Yes. Oh yeah. Alright, awesome. So how how have you uh how you been? What you been up to?
0: Oh uh taking an off season for the first time in ten years. Giving oh. myself a little bit of a break, doing some other things with my life, trying some avenues I haven't tried before.
1: Yeah, like what? What do you got? What
0: uh well i'm 33 years old and trying to learn guitar for the first time so i took my first lesson this past week uh me and my partner uh i've taken dancing lessons uh once a week and mm. just trying to focus up on you know a little bit of resting for the first time essentially in my adult life it feels like
1: yeah it does take up a lot of your time this yeah, uh was this
0: shit for sure yeah.
1: Especially yeah, traveling especially around, around shit, form. too.
0: Yeah. I, uh, playing and, you know, having the home team, GK, and then I was, I'm coaching, uh, a team, a women's team, uh, and then been doing that for five years and then doing all the B side stuff with Terry. It's basically a full time job. So.
2: <laughs> it is.
1: Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, did you skate when you were little or did you do start this when you were adult start skating?
0: Uh, I was a rink rat. I actually grew up across the street from a skating rink that was torn down when I was 16, but I would go basically from the time I was seven and to my early teens. And I was going to that, you know, three or four times a week as often as I could. It was just kind of that, that happy place, you know? Um, not always the most like cool thing to do. Like, you know, you never want to be that like 14 or 15 year old that's going on a Saturday night on the slow nights to the rink. But I just, I found so much joy in it that I just would go literally just to get my laps in. You know, I never speed skated or I never really played organized sport. No, you know, wasn't doing it for hockey or anything like that. Uh, but it just kind of was a thing to do that was close to home that I could walk to. That was, you know, I didn't grow up with a ton of money, so something that was only a few bucks every time I went that my parents could afford. So, it worked out.
1: Hell yeah, so can you describe this this uh, happy place? What was your rink like?
0: Uh, it was called Spinning Wheels. It was a wood floor, pretty grippy. Uh, I never skated on quads, I was always on blades mm-hmm. growing up. Um, just, you know, your your typical Uh, smaller rink, nothing too crazy, nothing too fancy, had your disco lights and uh, sketchy bathroom floors that were way too slick. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) the, The prototypical food court, you know, or a little like kept, you know, food area that pizza and pretzels and making all the different soda combinations that you could make up and make you sick to your stomach and the friendly faces, small family, you know, owned a uh, place just again playing all playing all the hits of my of my youth uh and keeping me out of trouble for the most part
1: yeah that's uh it's like that it's like that video that floats around from time to time of like the kids that get like approached by like the people the old folks dressed up like yeah young kids are like No, I'm going roller skating. like shit That's (laughs) fucking awesome.
0: (laughs) That was was chubby little me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: I love it.
1: Oh, that's rad. So, how did you find? Where were you at um, when you found roller derby?
0: Uh, I was working at an Outback Steakhouse. Honestly, Um, I had just kind of been. I had been playing club lacrosse. I started lacrosse when I was 17 um, and I played it kind of into my early or my later teens and my early twenties. And then um, I was pretty hell bent on that. And there was uh, a gal that I worked with her and I ended up dating for a while. We are no longer together, but her and I ended up dating a while. She was super into it and she always told me like, Oh, you're, you're pretty well built for this. Like you, you have a skating background. I think you'd be good for it. And you know, um, 22 I'm trying to impress this girl so I was like sure I'll, I'll give it a try so I went and I watched her practice a little bit and then you know two months later I'm buying my own set of equipment off Craigslist and getting after it again I never I told her you know blades weren't really the thing that I thought I was or blades were you know the thing I thought I was gonna stay on forever I never thought I'd be able to skate on quads I thought it was dumb you know basically the whole the whole tough guy shit. Um, going into it but it uh she she kind of introduced me to it and the culture in 2012 was a lot different oh, um yeah. than it is right now but you know that's that's when it was like it's, it's entertaining now but it was a whole different brand of entertainment so like going in and having you know some of her teammates like wearing really outlandish shit and you know having really outlandish names and personalities and everything like that it it really like sucked me in and then from there you know the rest is kind of history
1: what kind of uh skates did you r- rope up off of craigslist
0: oh man i had uh you know the og r3s with nylon nice. plates and the carreras and i'm pretty sure that i broke them i broke that plate like two and a half weeks in oh. to actually like playing derby yeah yeah i know it it took me a while, you know, like I would do ring sessions with her because that was, you know, over the summer that I got that stuff. And then I just wanted to skate kind of just to kind of support a little bit. And then I watched 2012 Men's Champs I was in St. Louis. And if you look at some of the pictures from that year, I'm sure you can see me ironically sitting in a Monster Energy hoodie, uh, kind of in the background in the periphery everything and you know i think it took me a week or two after that before i was at my first practice and once i was actually trying to do derby skating it was the end of those skates so i gave them hell properly but they did not last at all
1: that's fucking awesome okay so i you saying you saying um earlier or just right just right now um about you sitting in the background of some of those gatekeepers games it reminds me mm-hmm. of cuz i'm you know as i mentioned several times on the show and you'll probably hear a lot more i am a fucking huge pro wrestling fan and oh, yeah. in yes in i think it was like fucking the 3rd wrestlemania you could see some of the greats um in the front row watching it as fans like i think like tommy dreamer and like a handful of others are like throughout yep. throughout the uh you can see him on tape and shit so that remind that just reminded me of that um so that's pretty fucking cool you're in those yeah, early man, pictures yeah. and you're on the fucking team these days like holy shit yeah man fucking what a dream awesome. awesome. to like,
0: see it happen and to kind of eventually find my way to be a part of it and that that year specifically where it was basically like a barely a loss for for gk they were so close to getting their first one and you know i didn't really know what the hell i was doing so or you know what was going on because lord knows anyone knew the rules in 2012 anyway but um (laughs) i still you know you really again you get caught up with the personalities a little bit more whenever you're not really in it and you're just like looking for the action and I don't think Wrecking Bill played in that championship game for whatever reason in 2012. So he was kind of sitting right behind me, and he was just yelling and fucking screaming and going on as himself. And so, like, it was just – it was a whole experience to watch. And then, again, what a beautiful game, even though St. Louis lost. But it kind of sets the stage for me to be even more motivated to say, like, oh, hell, yeah, like, I think I could find my spot here and hopefully help them win one day.
1: Yeah, super rad, and man, like, and using you, you mentioned, um, you know, the typical tough guy shit when it comes to the inlines and the roller skates. I don't know why right. either one of those is so gender specific. Like, I've never understood that.
0: <clears throat> um, I don't it's, get it. Uh, have you ever played inline hockey?
1: Uh, no, but I I played with some guys that that played inline like during this time when I couldn't really play a roller derby here locally for sure. reasons. Um, yeah. so I would mix it up with these cats that would play in their inlines, but I would play in my quads and shit and they would kind of give me shit. I'm like, what? Cause and I can kind of stop faster than you. Or no, what?
0: No, you've discovered it right there, man. It's that's, that's it right there. That's like that side of things. The, the inline hockey thing, like hockey has a pretty, pretty harsh like tough guy mantra about it you know like those guys are those guys think that they're the meanest toughest people on earth because they play roller hockey yeah and so like if you you kind of come from that and I learned most of what I learned on inlines at the rink from people who played mm-hmm. hockey so like you just automatically assume that if you're on quads you're you're dancing or you know something something that again my young brain was like this is silly uh, but it's it's just the culture of inline hockey is pretty rough on the quads, folks. Because I actually, during quarantine, roller hockey was one of the first things to come back
2: yeah. around here.
0: So I played like you. I played on quads, um, and I would get a not a ton of shit. People definitely gave me more shit because I would throw hips around when in roller hockey. You're not really supposed to do that. No, um, but still, they would everyone would still like be amazed because unless you were 55 years old, plus you're not playing roller hockey on quads. So I think it's just that culture kind of points towards them thinking that you're a lesser human. If you're not playing, on yeah, that's lines weird. For some it's, it's very weird, but also again, kind of a little bit toxic. So it, it makes sense if you've ever been around uh, a locker room of hockey folk, they can be a little bit uh, rough
1: shit bro for local recruitment mate like there was fucking trying to find like going to like maybe rope up inline hockey players because they could fucking skate like you'd see them at the rink and shit be like oh yeah you could shred this or that like and then you try to recruit them for roller derby and then like oh you play that in quads and like man like yeah i've never had any like you know bogus shit said to me because I would there would have been a fight but it was implied you know I'm not going to kind of repeat the, the implication of what they said but you can kind of read between the lines
0: very much so and that and again that's literally like down the line like whether we're talking about I'm playing with teenagers I'm playing with people who are my age I'm playing with people who are a little bit older you know they they hear the words roller derby and for some reason and i think we have kind of a rich culture here because we had we had it more back in the 60s and everything so everyone still kind of associates it with uh elbows and you know all all the old shit that we all know is bullshit (laughs) sports entertainment yeah. yeah but yeah it's just it's a it's a bad stigma that has never really been broken and i think honestly it's It's kind of a shame because again, like if we could get some of the hockey people to kind of, uh, be less shitty humans, then maybe (laughs) we'd have a little bit, (laughs) a little bit easier of a job, but it's, it's like, there's a certain point where I'd rather teach somebody who's a decent human being and not going to use some of the words that we won't even mention, um, and not going to look down on us, I'd rather teach somebody who's a good human from scratch versus have somebody come in who's already got kind of a shitty attitude and uh, try to, you know, rope them to the rules or anything like that. So it's it's tough. That's, you know, one of the biggest cruxes of men's derby is that recruitment thing. And it kind of always has been, and it kind of continues to be, unfortunately. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: it's becoming more clear as to, you know why we're not even trying to go down that road as much in this day and age.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What was your first practice like?
0: Um, honestly, it was pretty darn, pretty darn good. Um, kind of intimidating because, you know, everyone's so big and tall on skates and GK was a lot of big dudes and everything like that. But, and I think I was trying to really show off a little bit. And um, I I got through my MSTs pretty quick. I think I was through my MSTs in two practices. So I was, you know, well, yeah. And you just, you watched again, I watched these people like three weeks before do all these amazing things. And so I'm just, I want to catch up and I want to play so darn bad because I've been exposed to it now for at that point for six months that like i'm just i'm raring to go you know i want to do whatever i can to get through it as fast as i can even if it means i'm kind of jumping the system a little so yeah like knowing
1: how to shred
0: yeah exactly just just being able to do the little things you know just being able to like cross over well and and skate your laps pretty quick and you know that was the the age of the 27 and 5 when like doing that was just like damn that's good
1: yeah you're yeah you do that you could safely stop and do this shit right. you could fucking scrimmage basically right, exactly that. yeah
0: yeah you're 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 right on par and again like for for them they don't really derby in that age was very much more like people partners coming in off the street and people who couldn't really skate and i guess it is still kind of that so like I think you guys can attest to this goes to any league that anytime you get somebody who comes right in and, and all of a sudden it's just like world burning, even if it's just doing the basic stuff. Well, like you get excited, you know? So I had, I had some good, I had some good excitement for me, like some really positive affirmation coming my way from people that I already was looking up to. And um, it it just kind of led really well. And, And at that point, St. Louis had a real like good thriving local league like we would you know we had enough people that we could really split up and we had three local teams so I came in right at a time where I was if I can get through all my things then we were having a a local team draft you know three weeks a month after champs was so it gave me something to kind of push for right away instead of just like learn to skate and then you can practice it was like if you get through this like you could be playing games realistically by like getting that are somewhat meaningful. So,
1: yeah, like setting that, because <clears throat> you know, athletes and shit need shit to work for. You know, you just can't. Right. It, it's it's fucking boring just showing up and fucking doing some mundane ass shit, feeling like you're right. not going anywhere. That's why so many other leagues pop have like popped up, whether circumstances here and there, this or that, right. or like you know, people move on to uh, different leagues for that better challenge. So, who were some of these? <laughs> Who were some of these skaters that you were looking up to when you were first starting that were just absolutely pouring gas on your fire?
0: Um, sometimes saying his name even like makes me laugh. Still, Uh, Specs Offender was his name. (laughs) Um, he he was wonderful. He was just it it fit at the time, you know. Yeah, he was kind of a, a raunchy guy, older guy. He was great. Um, and then having Magnum was a big
1: magnum p, p or whatever
0: the the one and only yep. yeah yeah um, yeah he he was great to me um uh, man um even all the way to like Led zeppelin uh right off the bat he was he was there and he was really pushing and encouraging it's just honestly it could have been you could take your pick it could have been a little bit of everybody in that league at the time it's just everyone was just happy to see you you know what i mean everyone was just kind of like coming down off of a tough loss and everything and i think their the league was like after basically coming from nothing in 2011 and like winning their first big game against new york and everything to go in and and have success they're just they're looking for any sort of excitement or anything like that and honestly uh spin diesel um he he came in at the same time i did and the, the person that I was dating at the time, she played for a team called St. Chuck's Derby Chicks, and Spin's wife, Ninja, was actually skating for them at that time, and so I would go to practices, and he was kind of the measuring stick, you know? So I kind of had him to to watch and learn from, even though our body types are polar fucking opposites. <laughs> it still gave me, you know, like, that's the, that's the guy I want to be. Like, that's the person that that I want to be
1: you know oh yeah fuck yeah absolutely because i'm a very visual learner myself yeah as well so like i'm kind of picking that up that you i'm gathering that you might be and um to pick up like shit like that from you know people that are you know non-your size or non-your body type is uh pretty all right because i've had I you know i had to learn from different body types being like a smaller guy um yeah. learning from like these fucking husky ass dudes or like some other skinny right. cats like myself i had to learn how to play this shit like them you know
0: i mean that's you have it even tougher than me you know like I'm, um, i never thought i would say this about any sport really but being like five seven five eight and being over 200 pounds like i'm the perfect size for this sport because i'm the center of gravity for most people yeah i can throw it off you know like i've I have that sort of advantage on most people where in most sports, like being, uh, being a bit of a beanpole might, might benefit you because you're faster on your feet. You got faster jukes. You got a little bit of everything, but like a sport like Derby, it, it kind of benefit me a little bit, to to have that body type. And, and again, like you kind of find ways to morph what your, your mentors are doing to make it make sense for you, you know, and, and they push you to, to try new shit that maybe you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And again, the visual thing as an athlete, you always want to find your competition, whether it's somebody that you think you have a shot at beating or somebody that, you know, you just idolize and look up to. And again, having like Magnum to kind of be the person that I was watching while he's doing these big jumps and he's just being completely slipped on his feet, nailing all the stops and doing all this crazy stuff. It's like, again, kind of like the spin thing. Like I want to do that, but I want to, you know, that's a whole different ball game than what spin was doing. It's a different body type. It's a different set of skills. It's a different little bit of everything, but it's still, it's still so cool to watch
1: yeah the most of the most of like the decent the decent body blocks and like the lead with the hip sort of shit has been from skaters built like fire hydrants
0: yeah yeah, yeah. man it it, it favors the stocky <laughs> it
1: does because it's you guys are just right there right in that hip yeah. pocket right it's uh and if we can get low then you're,
0: you're extra fucked. <laughs> yeah so hard, yeah, we're hard to push,
1: bro. Everything. I ain't even that tall either, but I can imagine anybody taller than me would be like definitely fucking getting their shit mixed.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's tough.
1: So, okay, um, we were we were looking at your uh, Facebook page earlier, and what is this uh, Dogtown Red Rockets?
0: So the local thing that I mentioned to you. Yes, please uh, do. Um. So in its heyday, whenever, you know, that's this is that 2012 to 15 range, um, GK had three local teams. They had enough people to have three local teams uh, kind of spread out. And so it started out where three of the perennial powers, um, Tony, Percy Control, had the South Grand Slammers. That was kind of his baby. Uh, Debaucherous Prime, Corey Porter, He had the Riverfront Crimes, which is a play on um, a newspaper that's local. That's kind of like a Mardassi newspaper called the Riverfront Times. And then for some reason, uh, (laughs) Magnum decided because Dogtown is kind of one of our little, you know, cities within the city, like almost like boroughs. Um, Dogtown was uh, kind of midtown. And he went with the Dogtown Red Rockets. So each of them had their own like little fun thing and for some reason that's that's where his ended up. Um, and that that was actually a really big like the draft that I mentioned earlier that I was kinda working towards. Spin went first, went to the slammers, and then I got drafted to, to Magnus team, the Dogtown Red Rockets. So that that, (laughs) i know it's silly it's the silliest thing in the entire world but i laughed so hard that's magnum's that's magnum's sense of humor man that that is him through and through where it's just like (laughs) a fucking teenage boy you know (laughs) like in his heart and soul that's that's him just forever and always but yeah it uh it's super silly and uh wrecking bill was on that team with me too and he Dog dicks, and it's just like. Oh no, man, man. <laughs> <laughs> <the only> guys! <laughs> sun's, suns getting real low. Just, just relax.
1: Oh,
0: oh. oh. oh my That's god! hilarious. But, and, and it was, it is like kind of, you know, it's really silly. But also, they they were kind of the silly team. They had the kind of silly traditions, you know. If you if you scroll through that Facebook, there's going to be a couple of holiday pictures that we would do like a, we would do a holiday, you know, we would all get together as a team, and we would go to a fucking JCPenney (laughs) and do a group photo shoot and stuff like that, that was all silly, and it had different themes every year, so it just, it it was, it made the game a little bit more fun, because those local games would still get so intense, like, we hate losing, everyone hates losing, but we really fucking hated losing, so it was, it, it would end up being like, I can't believe you're treating your friends this way. And then we would talk about like, we should probably be better about this. And then the next game I'd be like, okay, I can't believe you're treating your friends this way again. But such as the sport, you know, before it really, before I really had a lot of strategy to it. So back in those days, it was just like, we're just going for big hits. You know what I mean? Like we're just going for the oohs and the ah's. Like we want to win, but like we want to do it in the most ultra violent way. So it was a way to kind of take a little bit of that steam out of our uh, testosterone banks that we were definitely running with.
1: Yeah, I was talking to a um, a pretty newer skater last night. We we played a game with the Arizona Roller Girls, and um, sure. they were um, we were chatting out before the game and stuff. And I was like, you know, I've been playing this for like a really long time. Because they were like, oh, you know, it's just supposed to be a fun game, like a fun game tonight. I was like you know, I don't ever really just go to nail somebody on the track anymore. I go, I don't play that game anymore. I go, put my shoulder out, like, twice. I don't want to do it again. And that's... There's no strategy involved in that. I was like, all this... I was like, dude, you should have seen most of us brutes back in the day. We were just fucking hammering each other. And uh, I was like, now it's, like, way more strategic. And I go, that's the game I play now. I go, it doesn't take much just to get my jammer through. Just to disrupting block or just you know strategically standing in somebody's way works just as good as just smashing the fuck out of them
0: yeah and it's like uh kind of the same progression as like the the hockey conversation you know where like right now it's the nhl is a lot more finesse and you know a lot more strategy and everything like that but back in the day it was like who's the toughest person out here how can i basically like (laughs) ruffle ruffle the superstars feathers and get myself into get myself into a tussle of some kind you know like yeah we,
2: were,
0: we all just we didn't know what the hell we were doing it was more about how can i not really like how can i use the rules to my advantage but like how can i break them in such a way that's gonna <laughs> rattle the other team and give us the advantage you know like that's that's just the progression of any sport i feel like though you know like we're all we're all playing this violent game and there really wasn't a lot of tether to it. For some reason, everyone kept fucking skating. Like it was basically ultra violent use for the most part, um, in in the early days. And absolutely. We're going to get to
1: that now. Okay. You've said something about it. I've okay. People look at me like I'm fucking insane. When I, when I say this, I'm like, what, what wifta style roller derby and you know modern or the old-timey mrda you know because it was the same rule set with the exception of pronouns at the time i guess within like the rule book i i don't know i think i got an old rule book somewhere but i could be right with that um but yeah like it was more of there was just continuous fucking fast movement and people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, you've played this before, especially if they've been doing it since like 2011, 2012. I'm like, you've done this. Mm-hmm. I go, you've yeah. done this without a split pack and a with with a split pack and a star
0: pass. Yeah. It's it's running. It was running gun. You know what I mean? It was, again, like, how can I break these rules in such a way to create, you know, situations where the other team could essentially not legally hit us mm-hmm. versus trying to work within the pack to find ways to, like you're saying, like pick and rolls or like doing actual strategic movements that make more sense or like, how can I move? And I'm sure that comes with the tripod coming in. More than anything else, but like, how can I manipulate this tripod of the other team to move in such a way where, like, my jammer instead of just driving through and hitting one seem like they could on a four wall and just like barreling through, like, how can I make how can I break the tripod in such a way that my jammer can get through on three steps? You know, like one of my biggest offensive things that I always tell people, tell my jammers, is like everything happens on two or three steps, like always look for that second and third step always look for like the extra move that you can make because everyone expects that you're going to throw one juke you know like every jammer you throw one juke and then like you hope that whatever that juke does is going to be the thing that gets you out but like having a plan for after that plan even if it's a series of like different options that you could have you know it's just it becomes a choose your own adventure book instead of just like brooding your way through so it's it's changed for the better but it definitely used to be <laughs> the most brutal thing on skates you know like that's what we kind of framed it as too like we, we loved that we lived for it. it just it grew with the the way that the game grew
1: yes that's why you know being an old-timey player myself i refer to this as the glorious gladiator sport of roller derby yeah yeah and it's It does. It really does because we were out there on Saturday nights and stuff, you know, because all of us work fucking regular jobs, you know, like we're not paid to fucking do this shit and whatever, you know, for anybody who's listening that might be new to the show, new to roller derby. We pay to play this shit unless you're lucky enough to like have like, you know, a business or whatever sponsor you and dues, so so you don't have to fucking pay monthly to be there. But
0: (laughs) even that, you know, even that you still got to buy skates.
1: You gotta buy travel yeah. shit. Like, there's a lot that fucking goes into this. So, like, we're a bit, you know we we pay to play it, and um, it's a lot of heart and what have you. So, yeah, yeah none of us are. That's
0: something I really want the the you know the kids coming up need to learn too. Is that like, I I remember I did a clinic somewhere. And there was a kid's parent who was saying, like, oh, yeah, my, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my kid noticed. Like, I haven't bought him new skates yet because I'm hoping that he could get sponsored. It's like, buddy, like, but, you got it all wrong. Like, there's just, they're, at, at best, at best, like, you you are going to get, your, your kid's going to get maybe, like, a pair of skates with a, a good plate and maybe some wheels and some toe stops. Like, yeah. but that's where it ends. Unless your name is Much Freight Train you know, Bonnie, anything like that. Like, but those people cut their teeth to get there. And those people are the most marketable people that there are like Mm -hmm. there. You have to find a way to, to balance, like, how can I live a real life and still do this and still afford it? Because you have to be able to afford it. Like, that's a big part of the sport is being able to like manage your real life on top of it. And like, I'm, I'm lucky. Like I've been playing in 10 years, but I have no kids, you know, like I have no real, responsibilities outside of my cats and keeping a relationship, you know. So like it it becomes a little bit easier for me. I have a work at home job that doesn't destroy my body. Like I'm very, very privileged, but I am a rare bird in this game, you know. Like it it takes a lot of work outside of just putting on skates to be able to manage to do everything that you would want to do if you want to play the sport at a high level. And people don't realize that people think that it's, you know, get myself sponsored and then, um, I'm clear to go, but like skate companies don't need your help, Fuck especially no. after the pandemic. They don't ride. doesn't need you, you know, like Bont doesn't need you. They have, they have Aaron Jackson, they have yeah. Olympic skaters. They don't care about the quad game as much, you know, they're not making, they're not making their bread and butter money on this. This is just a, this is a hobby.
1: Yeah, on on some local fucking skater from fucking Timbuktu, you know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah like no I worries. mean, I reached it out to my Sarah company. I, yeah,
1: yeah, I know. I reached out to the company I work for, Coral Pools. I was like, "Hey, this is that," and I showed them the packet and stuff. They were like, "Absolutely, we'll do this." I'm like, "Fuck yeah!"
0: Yeah, I worked for United <laughs> Healthcare a while back. And, uh, I remember, you know, I think it was like 2016 and GK had just won their second championship in a row. Mind you, it was after the fight year, which was a whole different year. Oh yeah. Uh, But like still, but still, um, uh, I still reached out and I was like, Hey, like, how would you guys feel? Like, how do you guys feel about like, we're, you know, a smaller niche sport, but like we're the best that there is. And they were like, eh. We sponsored the New England Patriots. And I was like, Okay, <laughs>
2: point taken. Heard. You got it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's you hard. are small <laughs> fish. Uh,
0: well, yeah, I,
2: I all of a sudden
0: found myself at three foot four after that. Oh and, uh, man. Yeah, it was brutal. It's kind of a slap. But the great one, one once
1: once said you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right?
0: Exactly that. But sometimes you take those shots and it bounces off the boards and hits you back in the
1: fucking head you know yeah price of admission but
0: the worst okay
1: so in that situation like the worst thing that can happen is is they say no like as they did like were they gonna take you out there into the parking lot and crucify you no like all that bad shit that may have like went through your head at first because dude the self-doubt like will just crush anybody like the worst right. that can happen is like, nah, we sponsor the Patriots. All right. Okay. I feel a little it, bit defeated, but
0: it, yeah, could have been. it just puts it into perspective. And it it proves The point that like, again, you, if you're not willing to take the time to make sure that you give your travel, like pay for your B and B or God forbid, if you're lucky enough to have a league that fundraises well enough um, to, to be able to front, you know, you splitting a hotel room with two or three other people and, you know, you guys pay for your own rental car and your own food and that's it. But even then, you know, like it, it's a it's a full time, full time hobby.
1: Yes, it fucking sure is. Um...
2: I just wanted to say, Dad, if you're listening to this episode, Papa, like <laughs> this is normal <laughs> shit that other people do go through within derby. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Right. I was I was it's so, so silly. I'm just like I'm just going to add more things to my plate cuz I can't help myself and I want Derby to do well. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's a tough balance. Yeah. Almost impossible
2: sometimes. Yep. Uh
1: what was your first public game like?
0: Oh god. Um <laughs> i imagine it was brutal um i'm not sure if, who it exactly was against if it because i, I would have it had to have been a local game but you know you're just out there against the best skaters of their time and you're just getting pummeled you know like i'm um, either playing against the blood zeppelin or a double XL. you know like people who are humongous humans mm-hmm. who already know how to skate better than you and you're just trying to like go out there and you're more worried about trying to knock someone over than you are about winning, you know, like it's, uh, it's anxious and it's, uh, it it definitely dragged on me a lot. Um, but again, I'm at that point, I'm playing for a team named after dog wieners. So like, (laughs) how serious can I really be? Um, and it, it, you know, it, it, it didn't always work out the best on those local games. Like I said, and, some of them were real grinds and everything like that. But it, it teaches you to, you know, take your beatings while also trying to survive. You know, it's not really about playing whenever you first start. It's really like, and everyone will tell you, like, all you need to do is survive. I don't care how well you do. If you have, like, a great moment or two where you make a play or you do something that's smart, then, like, you, you've won, essentially. Like, you, you've done everything that you're supposed to do. Um, so it's, and I had people that reminded me of that, but again, like your ego kind of gets the best of you and your partner's watching or your family's watching that first time. And you're trying to take down Goliath sometimes, you know, like you're, you're trying to get after it and it didn't always work, but it, it kind of a mixture of humbles you and motivates you. And, uh, I was very lucky to have that with, with our local season and stuff. Cause again, it's the best skaters of their time. Some of the biggest bodies that are in the game and, Trying to find a way to, to manage around them. And I think it molded me, you know, to, to have to think a little bit and not just be a fucking brute, or at least not try to be a brute so much. It didn't work all the time, mind you. I was still a fucking asshole whenever I started, and I still kind of am, but that's kind of the character you develop, you know?
1: Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I get that. I mean, I'm a fucking goon player too, bro. Like, I, I'll retaliate like you know Cody Fingers retaliate and shit but like I'll just take it I'll take it to you you know if, if I'm like body blocking and strategically blocking and somebody really fucking clips me good I'm like all right we're playing prison rules okay <laughs> I,
0: I it was Cleveland champs this year we were playing against I think it was uh Carolina and there was a person on their team that i kind of you know went after kind of towards the end of the jam kind of pointless and they yelled back at me and i said out loud you're not supposed to like me yes (laughs) we're not friends i'm not i'm not here for you to like me whenever we're in between whistles or you know like i i i'm here to get under your skin that's literally my job you know like i'm I'm trying to make sure that you're paying attention to me, even if you don't like what I'm doing to get your attention. So, like, it's just the way it is, you know. I I want to be the person that fires up someone like you, though. you know. Like, I want to be the goon that, like, comes at you and hits you while you're not looking. And then you. Know, I'll just try to olate you and try to step out of the way whenever you come back. Or I'll try to, like, take the hit and I'll laugh at you. But, like... It's malicious, but it's also the mind game of the sport. I'm trying to get you to revert back to your old ways because then you're not paying attention to what's going on at all. Mm-hmm. It's a game within a game. Oh, it's see what what
1: I what I mean by by the um, by that is because sometimes it's the optics of uh, of today's roller derby. There's a lot of a uh, female identifying players and stuff, and um, yeah. if especially like in games where it's like. Okay, um, it's, it's not so, like, I mean, a, a game like high stakes is like champs or like tournaments like that and whatever. Yeah, everybody's taking it to a but, you know, like, I'm gonna take it to whoever, more or less, mm-hmm. like, um, but play like that smart mental game, because not being a big player, like, I need to play that mental game. I need to be a pest. Mm-hmm. I need yeah, to be a absolutely. pest goon, you know, and then get in yeah, your butt. Yeah. I need to get in players' butts. Great because that metal game is where it's at. you're trying to take them off
0: their feet. You're looking over your shoulder because you think that I'm going to come and pop you on the ribs, you know? Like, I'm trying to do the shots that are going to... I'm trying to do a million little cuts. I'm not trying to just cut you in half. I'm just trying to, like, give you a million little paper cuts instead because they're way more annoying, and technically they kind of hurt a little more. So, doesn't matter who you are. That, That strategy in this day and age works even better. And, you know, again... Derby is a sport that's unlike any other because, like you, you do your best not to see gender in any way, shape, or form. Because if they want to be out there, you respect anyone that wants to be out there with you on skates. You don't, you don't care how big they are, how little they are, um, you know their weight, their gender, any of that stuff. You have to treat everyone the exact same. Now, is there a certain level of force you know that you might use if somebody's a little bit smaller or a little bit newer? Sure. For the most part, you know, if you're out there, especially in a a high stakes game, like everyone is out there to try to win you. You're playing a sport at, at its core. You have to you have to not lose track of that. And the second that you do is the second that, you know, you're kind of being disrespectful in my eyes.
1: Yeah. But the best the best thing ever. Okay, so hold on a second before I get to that. Um some of this recording might be missed cuz I'm getting a what's called a write error. I have no idea what that means on this fucking Pod recorder, but for a good few minutes there it was giving me a write error. But um like I was saying though, um getting getting to that Shit, I just fucking, I'm so, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, master, um, I'm spinning that, here. Hold on. Yeah,
2: a lot of times I try to, you know, like ease up on people that are newer. And, but then at a certain point, it's like, well, you have to understand what you've signed up for and you've passed skills, you know, and assessments, and, and you're safe to be on the track. And you need to learn how to absorb a hit, dodge a hit, maybe get lower than me, figure out how to deal with me on the track. Like, I'm going to yell in your face, too. Hi, I'm distracting you over here. Oh, yeah, Yeah. right. Okay,
1: Master. Okay, you brought me back to uh, my ADD was getting crazy (laughs) here with this recorder. All right, so Master brought me back a little bit. So one of my favorite things um, is the player who's going to talk back when when I'm chirping. Because, you know, being a hockey guy and stuff, too, the chirping is part of the game for me. And as long as if you're being, if you're not being a fucking asshole or like using pejoratives or anything like that, it's cool with me, dude. You know, like, let's chatter, you know, like, you know, it's cool. We're out there playing sports in between these whistles and we can be friendly afterwards. But as long as you're keeping it, you know, above board, I'm so for it, dude. I'm so for that.
0: Well. And Derby polices you a little bit now more than any other sport. Oh, yeah. Like you can't you can't really drop expletives in, in our sport in this day and age. So like that's the ultimate win is if I can get you to say, Well <laughs> fuck you real, real loud <laughs> like, uh, I, Yes. I, uh, I remember this and I know she won't mind because I re- you know, she'd probably still laugh about this, but GK was playing Austin, I think at a sibling rivalry or a some, some tournament in in St. Louis. And uh, we were lining up to start the second half. And um, my big thing is like lining up like kind of in people's kitchen before the five second whistle and not want you around them. So they'll start to like bridge one and then kind of have the three wall go forward, which is the ultimate compliment to me, but they lined up and back and I lined up right next to her and she (laughs) said, get the fuck away from me. And I said, oh, and I looked at her, and I looked at the rest, and she got a penalty. Oh! And, like, <laughs> I had never been so stupid proud of my damn self <laughs> as that one. Like, of all the ones I could draw, like, we're not even making contact. I'm just literally standing <laughs> next to you, and I'm so in your brain. And we still laugh about it, you know oh, what I mean? But that's, that's, awesome. that's derby at this point. That's you know, that's awesome. that's the thing. I can, if I can go you into losing your cool or i can go get into like i hit you while you're not looking and you're like what the
1: fuck man like oh you said it yeah that's that's awesome that would be the ultimate for me too because you know being being that villain out there if you can do villain shit (laughs) enough and like make and push people like that like okay now i got you i'm in your fucking head now like you've yeah, been saying, of, the part of the boogeyman's bag of tricks is getting players' heads.
0: Yeah, I have... Um, and I, I like I that about you. On, on track is, I think it was 2016 champs, and like one of the baddest people in the game, uh, his name's Corey Payne, played up Northwest for a while, and I have... Uh, it's skating towards him while as Magnum's coming around on the pass and he swipes towards me instead of where the jammer is. And like, I'm that in your head. You know what I mean? That like you're one of your better defensive blockers isn't even is seeing me and is assuming that my jammer is just following me. Like I'm, oh. I'm that much in your grill that you expect my jammer is going to follow me. And like you swing over to me and my jammer just walks up the inside without being touched. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's stuff like that. You know, that's the ultimate, I don't need to hit you. I don't need to brute you to, to be in your head. I just have to be annoying.
1: Yeah, be annoying. So I'm, I'm going to give up a little secret here. Um, okay. When, <laughs> when I'm being that annoying to people to where they're going to just, you know, try to block me anyways, I'm going to try to draw them and I'm going to shake my hands like I have tambourines in them yes to like really real, real draw their camping. attention you know like i like pointing yeah. and doing like a bunch of shit with my hands um to yeah, draw people's attention to me too
0: that's a that's honestly one of the things i learned from magnum um whenever if you if you ever see me jam whenever i take a panty pass or if for some unfortunate reason i would take the jammer star off start um Like if I'm coming around, I will put my hands up and I will like sway them to one side just because that's the first thing people are looking at. You know, like you're taught in sports that if you want to try to play defense on someone, basketball, lacrosse, hockey, anything like you watch where their hips go. Mm -hmm. But if I can put my hands up in such a way, your eyes look are looking for what's closest. And sometimes that just so happens to be the hands and it's, it's gotten me motherfuckered more times than anything else whenever it's just those <laughs> little hand tricks and then they don't—they follow that and they don't follow the hips, but it works, you know? Like, it, it's not illegal. It's not anything. It's just, it's on you for not paying attention. That's
2: why magicians do that shit. Yep. Love yeah, it. Slide a hand, baby.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So when did the game start making sense enough for you to start pulling these tricks? How many seasons oh, in? Oh,
0: boy. Um, I would honestly grow up a little bit. And then even beyond that, I think it took me coaching, which started in like 2017, 2018, before I kind of became, you know, the brains of the operation a little bit more. And I had some really great offensive teachers too, um, like Kyle Stark or the saint, the saint who coaches arch rival is one of the best derby minds of all time. And I kind of sat in his shadow for a lot of years watching him play offense and him kind of be the pest and everything. So he it, uh, it took me, you know, like I said, a solid three to five years before I – because it's not really about, like, learning the rules as much, I feel like, at a certain point in men's derby. In men's derby, it's really about, like, learning how to put your ego aside and, or at least the best that you can and learning how to calm down and kind of see the game happen or kind of manipulate the game to happen how you want it instead of just, like, how hard can I hit this person? How, how far can I draw back this person? You know, how can I go after this person that I don't like? Like, once you slow it down a little bit and you stop thinking in that sort of way and you start to think about the strategy aspect, you know, pack manipulation, um, and, and again, like, pick and rolls or how to get your jammer out on multiple steps, like, all of those things are kind of the, the natural progression. And I think... Again, took me a while to get there, but uh, that, that's kind of the money, you know. That's that's real growth in this sport.
1: What? <clears throat> Hold on. Okay. My uh, teeth almost came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta get a drink, Master. You got anything, more bam
2: for a second. Oh my God, I don't even know what to do with that, dude. <laughs> oh boy, you're out of control.
1: You're out of control.
2: Oh, get your shit together. Um, what? Um, after your first pair of skates, what kind of skates did you upgrade to? Since you knew what you were kind of um. looking for now.
0: Um, so the, the dream pair that I eventually ended up getting, I got a pair of AR ones. Um, and that was like, that was the, you know, that was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm really into this. I'm really doing this. I got them secondhand and they, I ended up getting them airbrushed in the Ozarks on a derby trip. Um, like they were, they were kind of pieces by the time I still think I have them downstairs somewhere, but. That, that was kind of where I always uh, found myself kind of going to because I'm heavier and, like, the the bont style and everything didn't really appeal to me, and Rydell's were kind of plain for me. Um, so antics always were just – I liked was my boot, and that's kind of – again, that was my first, like, oh, man, I, I really like – these are my skates, and then I ended up getting a personalized pair – Uh, kind of a year or two later and then honestly I I talk all that shit and now I skate on uh, jet carbons because I just I love how light they are and uh, it gives me the opportunity to still kind of represent the the Antic brand um, while still having a little bit of ankle mobility to go with it so never go against those high tops but always Antic was my preference.
2: How was it switching to that low top cut?
0: Was there an adjustment period? Uh, a little bit. Um, obviously, I ended up getting sponsored by Roller Derby Elite for a couple of years, so I skated on the old grass cutting shoes, the Fortes. Um, that I'm pretty sure the only person I know that wears those now is uh, Sunny Um So, like, I had a little bit of of kind of that kind of being switched over to that and. It it was a bit of an adjustment for sure. Uh, Again, like the side to side ankle mobility, because antics back in the day were really more about like, how tight can I get these things so that they don't move around? My ankle doesn't move around much. So trying to get used to that, you know, all these different ranges and all these different feelings was kind of an
2: adjustment, but
0: I think one that uh, worked out for the better for me. So uh, tough, but not impossible.
2: What kind of plates you got on those?
0: Uh, I use Reactor Pros, and mm-hmm. so if I can, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to step up on my uh, soapbox real quick. Do it. Anybody that ever asked me, any, anybody that ever asked me how you can become a better skater, like one of the very first things that I ask anyone is what degree kingpin are you on? And if it's anything over 20 and you haven't been using it for your entire time, you should look into that. A 10 degree plate is the thing that took me to a whole different level. I was on a 16 for a while and you'll hear people say it's kind of negligible between a 16 and 10, but I think you're full of shit. Uh, A 10 degree plate or even a lower, like the five ten on the roll lines, like it's a whole different world of balance and nothing feels more like just being plain on your feet than a low degree plate. So if you take anything away from anything I say today, Check your plate, you know, big toe stops, low-degree plate, and wheels that you're comfortable on. Interesting. Like, that's, that's a ticket.
2: Okay. God
1: damn it. I am, I'm continuing, oh, fuck. Uh, now my microphone I'm Oh, my no. Master. Yes. Um, I'm going, I'm going to end up pausing this real fast and seeing what this fucking right error is about all, I'm going to stop the recorder for a second. Sure. So we'll get right back to this. Just stand by. You'll, you'll remain it's, on the phone, though. Okay. All right. We are back. Uh, we're recording currently. So you were on your soapbox. Man, fuck. We are missing a lot of that. Um, Some technical difficulties with this shit today. We're missing some of the um interview. Probably won't be able to be recovered, but you were on your soapbox about uh, plates and oh. shit before. Yeah we uh had to end but anyways we will we will get off of that a little bit if you're if you're sure. done if you're done uh ranting about how dope those plates are we don't want to cut you off on it no Continue no that's better if we like
0: just again newer skater if you're having troubles low degree plate 10 or under big toe stops wheels you're comfortable on that's your magic ticket
1: fuck yeah so how do you come up with the name monster jam
0: uh so it's a it's a mixture of a couple of different things again kind of the the irony of seeing me in the background of that 2012 champs wearing um, a big hoodie with a monster energy logo um i was driving to practice because i used to live an hour away back in the old days uh whenever i first started and i still didn't have a name and i thought i was going to do something lacrosse based and I had a green monster energy drink next to me because, um, I had no respect for my kidneys back then. Um, <laughs> and it kinda the word monster hit and then monster, you know, obviously monster jam, the big monster trucks. And it, it fits because where I grew up was down the street from where they used to house the, the very first monster truck uh, called Bigfoot. Uh, so I w- it's something that like I would see all the time as a kid and, You know, I'm kind of a loud and whenever I started playing, especially like I would just try to barrel through everything. So it just kind of fit and it it made sense to me to have a little bit of like home mixed in with it and kind of where I'm from and all that good stuff. So it just it all made sense in the right moment and I never strayed away from it except for like fun bouts, but it just became who I was
1: fuck yeah hell yeah that's badass the first monster truck huh was housed in your neighborhood
0: yeah they would they would keep a version of it they had uh it was right at the corner of Lindbergh and 270 that's a st louis shout out for you but it's since been turned into a car dealership and there are very many variations of bigfoot that are kind of floating around everywhere but in the 90s that was kind of one of the cool things to do was Every kid has a picture if they grew up in North County of them sitting in one of the wheels of Bigfoot or by Bigfoot somewhere in their Rolodex of pictures. So,
1: do you have a just... photograph of this somewhere?
0: Somewhere, my parents definitely have one sitting somewhere, floating around, of just like little baby me standing next to it.
1: Oh, that's I'll awesome! That that's fucking yep. badass. Where'd your number come from?
0: So it just kind of. Everyone has that kind of their own number story of just kind of how it floats to you. Uh, 57 was just kind of that not really popular number. Um, It was one of those things that was readily available for me whenever I played lacrosse because nobody really used it in lacrosse. Um, The bus that I rode from seventh grade all the way through my senior year was 57, and one of my favorite baseball players who unfortunately died uh, in the aughts was 57 and it just again it, it kind of fit the whole mantra for me of like I want to fly under the radar I want a number that isn't you know flashy like I'm not just it It, it worked and it again kind of became part of me
1: fits the character nice mm-hmm. that's fucking I'm super assuming. rad yeah that's that's so cool um what <clears throat> playing with a b-side roller derby
0: oh and b-side
1: tell us a little bit about your experiences with the base
0: um so we'll go back in time a little bit because it actually this is because it was like good,
1: it was like number. best friends or something right back in the day
0: well so it was 2019 usa tryouts in los angeles And we were all being assigned jerseys. And it was kind of based off of the size of jersey you wore. And I was an XL. And so mine was, I think, 50. And the person who got 57 was one Terry Richard. Yes. And I went up to him and I said, hey, man, like, I know you don't know me really well, but like, I'd really like to have that number. Would you be willing to trade me? And he was super cool about it. We did it. The organizers weren't thrilled with me for switching my number, but I did it anyway. And then a um, couple of years later, we're in the pandemic. USARS is the first version of derby to come back. Uh, we were me and my partner were looking just to play some derby, so we got invited to play on the team. Uh, some some things kind of didn't pan out quite well, and. We didn't end up playing for that team, but we were still looking to play. So uh, I'm, you guys have talked to Tot. Tot. I messaged Tot and said, hey, Tot, do you have a team? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we need women more than anything. So they were more interested in my partner. But um, I, they were like, yeah, we'll absolutely take you also. So I went, and lo and behold, who's running that team? Uh, but Terry was yes. So... We went in and playing for North Central at 2021 USARS. Uh, he was kind of, hes he's got a great voice and he's a great leader in his own right. Um, but I kind of put my foot in a little bit at times and I would, you know, start to own the room a little bit and talk and we talked afterwards a little bit. And I think he liked kind of how I, carried myself and how I presented myself and the way that I played the game. And we started talking more and more. And he invited me to uh, a sevens tournament in Baton Rouge that I went to and played with him at. And then kind of after that, I told him basically like anything that I go to for this, I'd like to be, I'd like to captain for you. And he got on board with it with me and he put his trust in me and everything. And so from then on like we talk all the time we actually just talked yesterday um he's probably one of my best friends and somebody that uh i would actively have told him and no uncertain terms like i'll follow you into the sun you know like someone who organizes the way that he organizes and who has the passion that he has for derby at all levels across all rule sets and everything like that like He just wants, he loves the game so much, and he's given so much of his time and effort to it that I just, how can you not fall in love with a story like that? And it kind of has become, you know, a little bit of like gatekeeper's light for me because the ideals are pretty well the same, you know, like you're extra respectful whenever you're on the track. Like, we don't argue with refs. We don't we don't really like act in any sort of way that would be seen as kind of unsettling uncouth. So he, he really got in line with that. And he really, from that, the site has grown into us having almost a hundred people sign up whenever we did open signups this past year um, for the 2024 season. So it's been, it's been kind of a ride. We've been through a lot of different events. I've missed a couple along the way, but you know, we've, we've had our fun and it's become kind of a powerhouse as far as the open gender stuff goes. And as far as USARS goes, you know, we're right on the cusp of winning our first USARS gold. We're literally right there, you know, like, and that's something that means a lot to him. And that's something that I want to be able to give him is help him win his first USARS gold and kind of be a part of it in and, and every way. And now I find myself again, captaining the team and, Helping out on the bench for the women's team and just being a part of the family and not only the B-side family, but like his family, like we are essentially brothers and it's, it's amazing and it's been amazing. And I think it'll just continue to get better.
1: Board, boom. Alright, we are getting back connected. Sorry again, everybody, for the right error message happening. We've switched out memory cards, so now we are back with Monster Jam. You were just saying some very passionate things about our friend of the show, Mr. Stretch Armstrong, Terry Wishard.
0: Yeah, hopefully that
1: absolutely. got hopefully they got that got recorded because bro. That was uh that was bringing me misty misties in my eyes.
0: Hey, no. I know I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention uh, Omi ohmre and his contributions also because he him and Terry were kind of the the original starters of that whole thing you know and without Omi like that was kind of the spirit of it and he continues to kind of carry things and and, and he was just as responsible too just it's a it's a great family that we have over there.
1: Yes, absolutely, and all friends of the show here at uh, out from under the bed, they're always putting us over um, from their pages and shit, and I'm sure they're going to share the fuck out of this episode as well once it right. gets uh gets posted. Um, Master, what else we got for our guests here?
2: Um, oh. Here, I got you. I got you.
1: <laughs> oh, how long did you play lacrosse for? And
0: oh boy, um, solid five years, but running sports are for idiots. so yeah. I gave up that dream. Oh, yeah, I don't like
1: running. <laughs> so how does lacrosse go? Like, um, what's a, oh yeah, what's um some uh some of the fucking rules? How's that played?
0: Uh, so it's kind of hockey-like. Uh, there's like a middle line and they've kind of upgraded now to where it's like you you have a shot clock as you get into, you know, whatever zone, and you can pass it around, the ball can touch the ground, there's no, you know, floors, lava stuff going on with it. Uh, People are usually surprised at how much you can get away with, uh, with, like, hitting people with your stick. Um, Just a whole lot of violence, like, the whole hitting of... Hockey with shoulder checks, hip checks, everything, but on feet and a lot of swinging sticks and everything. And I don't know if you've ever felt a lacrosse ball. Usually, like, people use it therapeutically, but that motherfucker is hard. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I use, uh, em, I use them to block off uh, pool skimmers with, like, yeah. if I'm trying to unclog a line or, like, if I need them for something for tools and shit, I'll use them for that because they're hard rubber.
0: Yeah, they're, they're mean as hell, so they hurt like hell um but it's just trying to basically put the ball in the net you know however however you have to and people can shoot pretty darn fast these days it can range anywhere from if, especially once you hit high school like 70 miles per hour up to 100 miles per hour depending on who's who's slinging them but it's it's a beautiful game in its own way uh, again fast-paced violence it's kind of a kind of a not great culture now again kind of the kind of the bro culture a little bit you know but it's it's still fun to play fun to watch if we could find a way to do it on skates i would consider doing it again but at 33 i'm not running
2: anywhere we unless should do it on me. skates like let like, all these sports into skate sports then i'll play them all
0: exactly we would be super
2: athletes <laughs> i know
1: yeah right roller olympics fuck yeah oh, great it would i always just i whenever i picture like games adapted like that into like roller skates i always just picture like dystopian like future films and shit
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah so, Master and I need to do a, do need to do a movie review on uh, the original Rollerball because that shit rocks. The second one we'll have to do a, we'll have to do a, re- a review on the remake too. Have you seen the remake of Rollerball? That cheesy ass shit. How cheesy it is.
0: I mean, for its time, it was oh,
1: so awesome. Cheese, though. <laughs> was so cheese awesome. was the thing, you
0: know. But the original how many one, B-listers, the best. Yeah,
1: where the final ones like. No, no, what was it? No substitutions, no timeouts or something. then like everybody just dueled to the death for like the championship game. I don't know. One of the coolest movies ever. Master, if you've never seen it. Oh, I
2: have. Oh, yeah.
1: And audience, if you've never seen it, you're going to have to check it out before we talk about that one in the future.
2: And and if you haven't watched it, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you're you're welcome.
0: (laughs) No spoilers. (laughs)
1: oh my god uh so looking at some of these pictures do you, is, is that a, a ramp in your backyard
0: yeah uh so my partner was big into ramp skating um and right around covid um the the team that i coach for um uh, the the gal who runs it her husband has some experience building ramps so he's one of the nicest people ever shout out tom baratney t brat um he built it on one of his weeks off in the summertime during COVID uh, for a good price and it's just I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it doesn't get as much use these days. It took a couple nasty falls and it's not really my most favorite thing to do all the time, but it still is as beautiful as it's ever been.
1: Yeah, because at least at least uh, you have the option of a private ramp in your backyard. Master and I have a ramp here at our at the Meowder limits.
2: It looks very similar. Hey. And it looks pretty similar. Sure. Like, okay,
1: uh, what's what's the size of your ramp you got back there? Uh,
0: I believe that it's 12 feet across, three and a half high, both uh-huh. sides.
1: Okay, right on, oh, yeah. Pretty similar. Yeah, yeah ours mm-hmm. is uh, 12, feet, 12 feet wide, and from the back of the deck to the back of the deck, it's like 24 yep. and a half feet, and like Dang. three and a half feet tall. So it's like got a long... Uh, a good size flat bottom on it
0: yeah yeah ours is pretty quick like you get you get some good speed going and then the coping is actually kind of funny because the guy who built it tom he he's the maintenance guy at a uh dairy producer called prairie farms out here and it's actually the the coping is what milk would go through Go in oh. place to
2: place
1: in the factory. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's pretty dope. I was kind of trying to figure out what that was earlier, looking at yeah. these uh, through my phone, but we got our computer pulled up sitting here right now. And uh, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty cool. That's, yeah, a little that's home touch to it. Ramp. Yeah, fuck yeah. And for him to come out and build that in a Midwestern summer, too, shout out to that guy for sure.
0: <laughs> he's He's... A, a jack-of-all-trades you need anything done that is the man to, to call
1: because that's rugged midwestern summer if you've never experienced it it's pretty rugged it's humid as far
0: and did it for pennies on the dollar and just bush lights and mountain Dews. he's he's just he's a good person if, you, if you're champion. lucky enough to be in his in his uh universe then then you know but we're very lucky to have had him build it and it's a staple in our backyard so
1: hell yeah yeah dude i mean like i was saying master and i got our own private ramp back there we just got some adjustments made to it last week chomp came over and uh boosted up the middle section and put some more bricks under it in there and um it's just so nice to be able to put your gear on and just fucking step out there and shred for however long you want
0: even if you just pump, like pumping on a ramp at all is. Tighten your core up. Uh, tighten your core up, and just anytime on skates is good time, you know?
1: It's hard to be sad in roller skates, I say.
0: Damn near impossible, I hear.
2: <laughs>
1: What's your
0: favorite dinosaur? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Stegosaurus. Nice. Um,
1: what is some of your favorite things to do as a coach what are some of your favorite drills to run your um the people you're coaching through uh
0: anything that involves having to pay attention to the pack and spacing so offense that involves only playing for a certain amount of time but also allowing them to stop before in allotted amount of space so like you can go up to 20 feet but you don't have to and forcing the defense to have to pay attention to, to that, where their spacing is and how much spacing they have. It's one of the things that even up to the highest level, people fuck up all the time, but it's still really satisfying because it, it allows people to see that, you know, offense isn't just coming in like a wrecking ball and, and trying to take people out, knock them off their skates that, it really is a soft way to introduce pack manipulation to people in such a way that it makes it understandable because they, it gives them the power to to make a move, to be distracting, and then kind of let spacing take over. And that's a, a really cool thing whenever somebody gets that aha moment or has a lot of success with it, and frustrates the defense. And, and likewise, the defense has to learn how to make the most out of using the offense against them or, you know, using the offense against itself and against the jammer in such a way and covering their space in such a way that they don't get spread out too quickly. So anything that makes them think a little bit while they're playing instead of just like sumo hitting or doing anything wild and physical, like endurance is great and all, but again, the game happens in three to five foot segments. So, the better that you can be in your small space and the better you can use your small space, the better derby player you'll be, plain and simple.
1: Yeah, be able to recognize that quick switch, like how you you were saying, Uh of playing offense or defense being a, I mean, being somebody who goes into that with a with a mind that came from playing lacrosse and like hockey shit and whatever, that quick switch from offense and defense happens a lot in hockey. Like, yes, we have our designated spots, but you have to do it like regardless. Right. And quickly, you can never
0: be flat footed. You have exactly. to adjust. All and, the time. Uh,
1: yeah, so that's that's really good. You teach people that. Because, yeah, pack awareness and just being aware of, like, what I need to do and, like, whatnot is, like, really fucking helpful.
0: Yeah, pack manipulation is the most underutilized thing in our sport, honestly. Like, there's nothing that makes me crazier than offenses that continue to attack, continue to attack. I get it. It's necessary to sometimes. But people who just, like, passive offense makes me crazy and just offense that doesn't recognize whenever... Their jammer has the momentum and they lose it all because any jammer should be able to beat a two wall. Yeah. Once once you get that first, once you get that first or second bridge off and they're they're going against two, I don't care if you're a C level or what. Like, there's no situation that a jammer should be getting themselves hit out against two or less.
1: Yeah, because
0: that's coaching me.
1: Uh, we were we were taught to put them on a rail in that situation, just push them out. Once it once you cross bridge. that last bridge, put them on the rail. Put that two sack on the rail.
0: Yeah, make them work.
1: Yeah, fuck just
0: use your feet, damn it.
1: <laughs> yeah, use your goddamn fucking feet. <laughs> yes.
0: That is Jeez. the most.
1: That is the most frustrating thing about being okay because I primarily block. True. Sure. And I play Usars mostly. I'm getting back into playing like a form of WIFTA again after many years, but being being a blocker that is always i've been called the steve nash of roller derby for a goddamn reason i'm there for that assist no i'm just there dishing those tasty assists like all the time Mm -hmm. and absolutely
0: um, so like arizona reference
1: yeah and uh (laughs) so when i'm in there giving that blocking assist like just move your feet just a just a little bit. I can't block this right. person forever right now. Right. I'm running a screen that's not going right. to be there forever. Move your goddamn Literal feet. pick and roll. Yes, and it works in USARS too. Like even though the game's continuously moving, like you can still run picks though. It's easier to do in WIFTA and shit and MRDA, but running a pick yeah. like is still possible in USARS for sure.
0: I haven't really, like, maximized utilizing the rules well in USARS to the point of, like, I'm, I definitely play more 2011, 2012 version of myself whenever mm-hmm. I'm playing USAR to the point of me and Terry are in the talks of making a B-side shirt that says bring violence back to USARS.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah because i just i mean it's all it's all big hits for me like that that's the one where because people don't expect it people think that it's all about the race and the run Mm
2: -hmm. and if you
0: come in you just kind of like brutalize somebody you're no good to me on the ground you're no good to your team on the ground i'm not worried about you if you're on the ground and you've already lost 20 feet by the time you get up and realize what's happening so it's the one time that i kind of break my like don't be a wrecking ball rule and i think that's one of the things i love about usars Kind of being newer to the rule set, you know, only being a couple of years into it, I, I still have some bad habits and haven't really learned how to leverage the rules quite well. So you might be able to teach me a thing or two. I
2: was going to say, there's some uh, good uh, things you can do to manipulate pack definition and USRs. That's one of my favorite things to do.
0: Oh man, it's tough. It all always moving like trying to get your brain to shut off and and see spacing a little bit whenever you have to constantly move. And, and again, people in general are looking forward and not paying as much attention to you. So, like, licking my lips, trying not to get too bloodthirsty.
2: (laughs) For sure.
1: Yeah, I try to rotate my head around. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, dude, like, the game's going on behind you. Like, you have to turn your head Mm -hmm. around. You have to keep looking around at all times
2: and also i dare you yeah. to turn your head around when i'm right next to you fucking do it right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens
1: <laughs> yeah for sure um i was gonna i was gonna have something uh on that uh fuck i can't remember um i don't know it's add on the radio everybody
0: you're well we need to known. get you a notepad to write this stuff down well
1: i do notepad. i have a notepad but like I'm trying to like you know I can't really write that fast sometimes I'm a horrible note taker I had to get him I had to get him like printed out for me in school and like write them as they were printed next to me I'm let I'm pretty bad at
0: least you know yourself
1: (laughs) yeah and then I had I even had to put like the because this was this was back in the day when like I had to have like the colored um, the colored overhead paper, you know, like over the white piece of paper with like the black writing so I could transfer it and not fuck it all up as I'm writing it down. Yeah.
0: Good Lord. Bro. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm relying mostly on my listening on my
0: listening skills,
1: but if I start trailing off on something, it's bad.
0: Well, I mean, Roller Derby has the best neuro, neurodivergent people, you know, Except you get all course. kinds.
2: Before oh we, yeah. Okay,
1: see so you brought me back to it, see? <laughs> you brought me right we back come to full it. Circle. So <clears throat> I think I think for me being a being someone who mostly played football growing up, uh, it sure. helps with the moving with the fast-paced game because mm-hmm. um playing in the trench or a linebacker mostly or defensive end like those trench-style positions helps me more with uh, minute mani- pack manipulation um as well like i believe uh, for me it does
0: yeah i mean any sort of like being under intense pressure in a small space where any sort of amount of space can benefit you or kill you you know like but always having the threat of Violence or a big play happening, you know, like you're you're literally one step away from either glory or completely fucking it up
1: Yeah, cuz the best thing I the best thing ever is when I'm just working. I'm pestering that player enough, but I'm keeping enough pressure on them To where like I see their jammer like okay, I'm gonna take the left side of this blocker or whatever but I'm pestering them enough and I get them enough off balance and I block them into the jammer. That's like the sweetest
0: thing ever. Yeah, like stop hitting yourself. But yeah.
2: Because <laughs> <friend. laughs>
1: yeah. then you get a twofer. You get a twofer one oh, that. Yeah. And then that goes towards the roller derby triple double. I'm always I always try to go for. So when I jam, when I plan on jamming or scoring points... Um, I set out to do the uh, I call the roller derby triple double that's 10 plus points 10 plus assists and 10 plus like blocks blocks and assists could be the same thing but there is a difference
0: Sure, that's um, a, that's so a yeah pretty nice stat line there bud
1: that's what I try to go for the 10 plus cause hey uh, if I get uh, 10 plus points like throughout the game that's cool it still adds up but if I do it a jam that's even better then I got it out of the way
0: well, I mean, especially in USARs, if you get 10 plus points, that's fucking a third of the game sometimes, depending <laughs> on what the game is. Yeah, so you're especially. Definitely bro. doing it right. And like you said, if you can get somebody off balance, and especially as a jammer, if you can, like, basically make the bowling pins fall, like, you've completely fucked that pack over to an extent because now they have to get up and try to race or whatever it may be. So if you can take out one, cool. Two, even better. Three, like,. I'm floating on a cloud all the way back through the pack.
1: Yeah, that's what my blockers are there for cuz I'll grab yeah. one of their mother one of those motherfuckers and throw them into like three blockers and be like here you go.
0: Right. Take this.
1: Take that and I'm coming back around. Yeah, you know, I'm going to do that again. Hopefully you can stop it. I'm going to just continue to do it until you do.
0: Man, we'll have to play some USARS sometime.
1: Yeah, right. See, that's for sure. Like, I mean, I talk to a lot of you guys and stuff. Like, um, <clears throat> guys is a collective group. Um, so, getting a USARS game together with, like, a lot of uh, you cats would be, like, super fun. Like, people I've talked to on the show and shit. Because a lot of us play USARS and stuff, and or we're pretty fucking familiar with it. I think that'd be pretty uh,
0: rad. There's some rumblings. Don't don't quote me but there's been some rumblings in my talks with terry that we might have enough in nebraska this upcoming year to have a little men's division so more to come
1: oh yeah that'd be sweet that'd be sweet
0: i just can you imagine what those games would look like yeah (laughs) right they'd be brutality it would be the most brutal version of the game like but I think we would all love it. You know, we would all bicker with each other, but I think in the end, like that would be the most old school version of what we do. Cause right now the, the WIFTA murder game is just so technical.
1: Yeah. It would be, it would be like that, that champs game you referenced from back in the day, but yep. without the fight.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. It would be everything that you love about it, but, <laughs> Everyone's just actually happy to be there because we haven't had it in so long or it hasn't existed in so long, you know, like outside of World Cups, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of like full, you know, men's teams that are playing USARS and that's nothing against the open gender version in any way, shape or form or anything like that. It's just I think it would be a fun experiment to see what it would be like to let, you know, the majority of it be us dummies. (laughs)
2: i I would pay a lot of money to see oh yeah (laughs) that'd
1: be awesome that's
0: a cool thing you wouldn't have to pay a lot of money to see
2: that right yeah that's why i'm like even if you you charged me i'd be like fuck i'm there
1: so back in my ultimate fandom of when i started you know doing my research on like there's other men's roller derby and shit i used to watch like the Dallas deception games and shit that are on YouTube and stuff. And like all of the shock exchange games. And I was like, man, these are fucking brutal as fuck. Cause there was a lot of like male identifying players playing roller derby during those times. I don't know where everybody, you know, where it yeah. all went, but you know, fielding it, fielding it with female identifying athletes. That's cool as fuck too. But those old school yeah. games, how you were saying, where it was just a bunch of fucking guys out there. Brutal
0: playing like fucking idiots that's what i'm saying like it was that would be the, the mindset was different it just it's it's us trying to literally murder each other you know not two thoughts in our
2: head
1: so you know okay so you know what would be super cool about that you know that men's division game at like that USAR style men's division game it would be sure. <clears throat> what it used to be but with all of us knowing how to fucking play roller derby this time
0: oh My goodness. Can you only, I can only imagine just the amount of like mixture of showboating and violence with strategy and having strategy at that pace and that, you know, intensity and everything like that. It just, it it would be a whole different world to even, to even see and watch. And honestly, I think it would be, God, I feel like I'm going to get killed for this one, but I think it, it would be more marketable for the everyday fan.
1: To, um, to watch
0: that versus watching a murder game at some points
1: yeah I I cause I do like cause okay being someone like yourself played that continuous movement roller derby mm-hmm. um that's why I like playing USAR so much yes I'm still you know getting back into um being asked to play some WIFTA style roller derby and shit yes it's cool to get back into it but I, myself, I would rather play continuous movement, whether it's bank track or USARS.
0: Yeah, I've never played the bank. Uh, That's something that's on the the long-term bucket list for me is to to get on the bank track and try it. I'm just a little bit of self-preservation has me holding back on that one because I've seen some of the best skaters eat shit and also i know that the forearm rules are pretty tight and uh i can foresee myself fouling out pretty darn quickly Uh, bro bro i'm
2: just talking about that (laughs) we were just okay so
1: mad for gravy was uh staying over here and she was bench coaching midway madams last night and um during last year's roller rage i wasn't playing in it um I'm, i'm in it this year with cal squad Um. Hopefully, I don't get fucking COVID again, dude. That would be the worst. Knockout. Don't
2: don't throw that out there. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. We we got a
1: month.
0: Just make sure you like hide yourself away for. I know.
1: I'm gonna have to. Um. But yeah. So the being like you said that arms that arm shit. You know, like because I was watching some some of these videos and stuff, even modern day stuff, like of you. You're that player that's got your arm out there you're flipping your hand around you're making you know you're showing hey i'm not grabbing anybody but it's just that tendency of blocking also like using your arm is like you got to skate around more of my body at this point
0: yeah i'm not gonna hook you
1: i'm not gonna hook you
0: with it but you got to skate around it yeah you can't get away with that in the moving games like i that was a tough lesson for me to learn in usars was not being able to backwards block and put an arm out. And I kind of teach that. That's kind of one of the more scandalous things that I teach whenever I do teach you, um, is that whenever in that Murdo with the rule set, you can put that arm out. And as long as whenever they make contact with it, with your hand, as long as you bring it into your chest and then kind of make it more legal from there, it becomes a buffer. Like, It takes away their speed, it takes away a lot of their momentum, and if they're hitting into your hand with their shoulder or their chest as they're coming in, it kind of allows it to be a guide. But they don't play that shit in USARS. That's a directional, immediately. Oh yeah,
1: because I I never reverse block, dude. I'm only a forward-facing blocker.
0: Oh no, I made my money backwards. I, I made my living.
1: That's why I get away with it so much with extending my arms cuz I'm a forward facing blocker. You could yeah. do it better that way cuz you're there's not a tendency to hook backwards. Like if you're if you're like reverse blocking like in USARS and you stick your arm out there, the tendency to pull your arm forward in that facing direction it would be like a little higher for a muscle memory thing to
2: almost like hinge your elbow to
1: hinge it. Yeah. Yeah. But being a, being a forward facing blocker and being, you know, being that, you know, that you, that whiffed a blocker, whatever being taught, feeling that engagement on a two stack or whatever through your, through Mm -hmm. your, through your gap zone to, if you're doing the seatbelt thing to flip your hand, like a sandwich, right? Like you've got your sandwich hand going with your buddy and then to pull your arm back in across your body and then pinch your bodies together. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: So like I yeah. get away
1: with it more being a forward facer in a continuous movement game by learn, you know being taught
0: doing that. See, and that's a, that's the sort of stuff that, first off, let me say how fucking silly it is some of the verbiage that we use, but secondarily, just again, like how much I have to learn in that version of the rule set where getting away with that sort of stuff and like you're saying like you you kind of find the wrinkles
1: yeah because as long as you suck your arm back in there it's not a it's not a fucking multiplayer
0: right well and it's not a weird directional like i would get whenever i forearm and and use ours whenever i'm backwards so it's that's your version of like you've learned how to make the rules kind of work for you and your skating style and how you're comfortable
1: yeah because you suck that arm back across your body, you pinch, and then even if they try to like go to your to the left of your buddy blocker or to your right, you can still shoot your arm back out and push your buddy or push yourself off your buddy and do that rubber band shit too.
0: It's a whole new world for me, bud. I'm just yeah. barreling one on one trying to kill people. You're out <laughs> build rockets and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I I buddy block a lot. I'm
1: a narrow dude, so I gotta have that extra body with me sometimes to 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 hook off of. You know.
0: I'd love to see it in person one day. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe at nationals
2: this year.
1: Yeah, right. Maybe there.
0: Maybe come on, come on to Nebraska. Let's go hang out. Yeah, Let's
1: right. Go
2: to I've, Nebraska. I've already asked for the time off from work, so I might as well just go now, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah right absolutely. I'm gonna have to do the same thing you know roller con like the month before though I don't know how they're gonna feel about that but they hired me and they sponsored me being a travel roller derby player so they don't pay for my travel That's... though but they kind of signed up for it knowing I'm into
0: this shit yeah knowing that you have a slight obsession with this cult that we joined yeah and like
1: <laughs> it might happen like I might have to take yeah. off on a Friday and shit sometimes or a couple days in the summer Being a pool guy, that's a tough sell, but working for a smaller company, it's kind kind of more lenient. And
0: we come full circle back to what we talked about in the beginning, where like you, derby is about having a good life balance and having the availability, like having the money is one thing, but like being able to get the time for it, being able to afford the time for it. And if you look at some of the wacky or boring stuff that people do... In our sport and how they manage to balance their regular life, like it's it's something to behold in such a way, you know.
1: Yeah, it really, it really baffles me sometimes the amount of uh, traveling. I really, I really like to. uh, I would try try to maybe ask people more what they do for the regular jobs because if they can yeah. divulge that kind of information, because especially if they travel around a lot, like. If they, if they like, work remotely and they're like, oh, fuck, dude, I can just fly out on a Wednesday for, like, a fucking weekend tournament, so work until fucking Friday at 5, like, oh, shit, that's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, that's, that's real life, you know, and that's kind of what I wish Derby had a better pipeline for because I feel like people work all sorts of scattered jobs and everything, but if we could have a better pipeline for these kids coming up, that or like even some of the entry-level people that come in and just say like this is what we do this is how we manage to balance you know like help people i feel like it's the same way as like we kind of bitch about how we never learned to balance checkbooks we learned algebra like not only teaching you how to skate but like helping you learn how to fundraise for yourself or helping you learn how to plan your travel a little bit or having better resources for that sort of stuff like we're all adults but like Not a lot of us are good at that stuff, and that's just something I feel like could be invested in, kind of going forward as the sport continues to grow. Is having those resources at least available so that they can understand what they're really getting themselves into, so that they're not killing themselves or making themselves go broke to go to a weekend tournament.
1: Yeah, fall victim to some credit card trap or some bullshit like that, being some youngster ruining credit for the rest of your life.
0: Right, so that you could go play and get your shit kicked in at a tournament with a newer team because you drank the Kool-Aid, you know? You drank like, um,
1: the Kool-Aid.
0: Yeah, we're, we're all addicted. Don't, you know it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, fuck it.
1: Yeah, I love it. I fucking love it. Well, um, what else we got here? Hey, do you have any uh, current sponsors or anything like that? Anything you want to shout out? We encourage it
0: uh no no current sponsors for me um just again the the people that take care of me i love my mom love my family uh terry and b-side taking good care of me and um you know my my partner for supporting me uh and just the the teams that that kind of helped made me make me what i am
1: fuck yeah absolutely um master you got any shout outs no. No.
2: Just to us.
1: Okay. Doing oh. what we do,
2: having fun doing it. So speaking
1: <laughs> speaking of Mr. Terry, <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and shout him out myself. Sure. We we have an, an we have an out from under the bed jersey that's being made. Oh boy. And um it's it's the uh, you know, the Terry Wishard jerseys, you know, um sportswear. M Sportswear, but he told me the other day it's something else currently. It's
2: now CVM Sports.
1: CVM Sports.
2: So the M Sportswear is the jersey, but his company, yes.
1: Yes. Yes. So we're getting some jerseys printed through him. And for the month of March. Uh, We announced it at the beginning of the show. We're going to be pumping this up, though, up until March 1st. March 1st, we will be um, making those available for fans of the show and or anybody who would like to purchase one. They will be available March 1st through March 31st. So if you want to get your hands on a uh, out from under the bed jersey from uh, our homie Terry Wishard at... uh, what is that again? I just see
2: CVM CVM, yeah. C-V-M Sports
1: CVM Sports. Um, you're gonna have to uh, look out, be on the lookout for that one because those things are fucking badass. It's got the Halloween yeah. artwork with the witch shout, shouting out our sponsor Dolly De La Muertos, with uh, Siphon Draw Apothecary. Um, so there's a little a little symbolism in our uh, in our artwork from Cherry Jane. Yeah. So it's yeah, check really out. Cool. Yeah. Right. So peep out those. uh, Be on the lookout for those because they're only going to be available for a month, unless it's say like I have a uh, a team I put together for like Roller Rage twenty twenty five or something like that.
0: There you go.
1: I mean, that be available. Every
0: fun team, you know.
1: Hey, team out from under the bed, be badass! If I can get a collective group of the athletes that have been on this show so far and for twenty twenty four coming up, that would be fucking rad heavy team well, out we got a lot of, of bed.
0: a lot of rule sets that we're representing so you got a good shot
1: hell yeah a lot of talent too so worse though see again the worst thing they can say is no yeah that's right
2: <laughs> yeah I see monster jam on the bank track in 20- yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for being a guest on the show you get a gift from Siphon Draw Apothecary so you're going to have to give us our at give us your address and shit um sure. just go ahead and text it to this number and uh what have you um here for future shit always keep it on hand So yeah yep. you get a free gift you get a, a little gift for being on the show thank you so much and thank you to Siphon Draw Apothecary for all of the uh, stuff that you do for the community.
0: That's so sweet. I'm so glad that you guys have something like that that you can lean on for all that stuff. That's really cool because right. it was already a gift enough skin to hang out with you guys.
2: So. Yeah, I was just talking about that the other day, I think, with Gravy and how cool that Dolly and Dolly approached us about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was so. We feel very, very special to have a relationship like that. I spent a lot really? of money in there yesterday, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Should have grocery bags come.
1: Yeah, because okay, so we're not like we're not like other podcasts or this or that. We're just not fucking hawking this shit. We do use it. Yes. Um. So yeah, we do use these products. The magnesium body butter is fucking spot on. Uh, what's that new soap that you got with the shampoo in it?
2: Oh, the creosote. Yeah,
1: the creosote like shampoo. Right? Yeah, it smells like the desert out here. Yeah,
2: and if you're my family and you're listening, surprise, but not surprise, you're getting Siphon Draw products. But what's in there is, is you know, a whole other thing. But you're welcome. Yeah.
1: Are you familiar <laughs> with the products?
0: Uh, uh, this will be my first time hearing about it.
1: Okay, Sweet. first time first time go, so be uh, checking your mailbox for that. And a little thank you card from the show. It's going to include some stickers from the Meowder Limits Productions and uh, out from under the bed.
0: I love that you guys do this. This is so cool, just being able to spotlight. Because, again, we're not getting paid for this at all. And, you know, we try to be good people off the track and it's always nice to be able to tell our stories a little bit for whoever wants to hear it. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. Cause dude, I, when I first started this shit, I always wondered how did other people get here?
0: Yeah. And especially on the men's side, I feel like it's a whole different world because a lot of us come from, you know, a partner or, or, you know, some random exposure. So I think it's always a little extra interesting, especially the people who have been with it for a long time. Like, how you got in and how you stuck with it. So it's always a usually a cool story to hear.
1: Yeah, especially just stumbling on it too, like yeah. Like oh, I, I just, you know, saw this flyer or you know like I over, you know, like this
2: friend was like you should go friend to of mine. about and you're like what is this?
1: You know, right. your your, yeah, your, the world. your speed skating coach telling you you should go play roller derby. You know, again, then, shout out to Terry.
2: And then your first clinic is yeah. fucking USA Trail. <laughs> Shut up. Oh boy! <laughs>
1: yeah, that was uh, that was oh, his story. He's
2: wild.
0: He is, but he's he's one of the best that there is in in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we're
1: in. we're here to support the uh, the community and shit like that because you know we don't like like we mentioned a few times already we ain't getting we ain't getting paid for this shit
0: right we just do it because we love it and we want to see it continue to grow and thrive and you know even if it never makes it to the even the ocho it still
2: <laughs> it still
0: means a lot to us and honestly roller derby has given me nearly everything that's good in my life and i hope i can always continue to repay the gods and however i can
1: yeah because here hearing stories like you know fucking you know lambo or reka or like even mine you know to, yeah. for like sober athletes and shit you know it's like yeah fuck dude because i was still drinking when i got into the sport and it tapered off after a few years but you know finally making that choice of like it's it's hard to be an athlete. It's easy to be an alcoholic. I want to go with the challenge,
0: yeah, and honestly, that's kind of hits close to home for me because i'm um, I had some things happen in my life, and i'm I'm right at i think twenty six days right now and planning oh. to go for the rest of my life so
2: I shout guess.
0: out to, sure. to n a and the community and everything. It's like outside of Derby, one of the most supportive communities i've ever I've ever been a part of and Congratulations to you for making that choice and and for continuing to live that life and do the right thing because it it ain't easy temptation is everywhere. And it's readily available.
1: Yeah, liquors on every corner, my friend.
0: I'm telling you and weeds not far behind. So. Yeah, good on you.
1: Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you too, my friend um Thank so do we got okay we got a shout out or we okay proper shout out for our show artist cherry jane you can find her at art by cherry jane on instagram so everybody go check out her artwork commissions um closed but please check it out it's fucking awesome she is a part of a band master what is her band called again
2: Las Nalgonas.
1: They are doing a closing theme song for us, so stay tuned for that one in 2024. Also, her husband is a part of a band called The Hideaway in Las Vegas as well. So they will be doing. They are doing a opening theme song for the show. So and you're gonna meet our husband and wife arts department uh, February 4th. So stay tuned for Neat. that one, everybody. Mm-mm-mm. We're pretty excited about the February panel as well of our couples. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. we can figure out how to get this computer working so we can hang out with all you guys on Zoom.
0: Uh, we, we believe in you.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be fucking around with that next week for sure. Um, so, yes, follow us on Instagram uh, at Out From Under the Bed and follow us on Facebook, Out From Under the Bed with the Boogeyman. You do that, and you're going to be uh, keeping up on all that free shit we give away for contests and what have you. So follow us there to stay up on it. Uh, Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify as well. We do enjoy those. Master, you want to queue up one of those? one of those recent reviews
2: um i don't know okay now i'm on time crunch okay time crunch okay sorry (laughs) i do want to say though um look at our link tree visit our store there's some some really cute shirts up there i like the me Outer limits one
1: (laughs) yes check out our shirts and shit like that if you want to spend a couple of bucks to support the show you can get some stickers and if you want to support the show for free, for absolutely free, like I mentioned, the easiest way you could do that is leaving a say five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. <clears throat> um, so do that and stay tuned for fucking 2024. We got a massive lineup still, um, and it keeps growing through, through March and throughout the uh, rest of 2024, where our book is getting pretty full. So yeah, if you want to be a uh, guest on the show and and have us feature your story and sit here and chat and bullshit with us about roller derby and life shit and like whatever fucking sweet relatable tangents, you can uh, email us ofutbpodcasts at gmail.com. Again, that is ofutbpodcasts at gmail.com. So hit us up. Have a conversation with us. It's pretty loose around here. Thanks to Siphon Draw Apothecary.
2: This person, Lily 311 said, Great team. Love hearing from retired players and great play-by-play for AZRG games. And then the heart hands emoji.
1: Awesome. So leave us those. Yeah. And uh, push us to the top because being a uh, smaller sports-oriented broadcast, podcast, what have you, we are competing with uh, celebrities. So the easy, the more reviews and shit you leave, it makes it easier for people to find the show. When they search for it, so yeah. Again, thank you, Monster Jam, for being on the show today.
0: Thank you for having me. It was uh, really cool to get to hang out with you guys, okay. computer issues or not.
1: Fuck yeah! So again, the um, the roller derby community. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and do this one first. The roller derby community. We pride ourselves on. Man, I get so emotional for this. Aww.
2: Oh, sweet baby.
1: We pride ourselves on self-determination and self-reliance. To use this platform to speak out on, on a genocide that's been happening over 75 years in the region of Palestine and the continued genocide of those people is heartbreaking. And I fully support the Palestinian people and their self-reliance. As like I said, I am a part of this community that prides itself on self-reliance and self-determination. So it out from under the bed. And the Outer Limits Productions, I would like to say Free Palestine. And if you're driving in your car right now, or if you're going to get behind the wheel of your car, please, 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 always, Always look twice and save a life. Motorcycles are, are everywhere. This is the Boogeyman, Master Sedator, and Monster Jam returning back under the bed, but never back into the closet. Thank you all for listening. Good night.